Dallas Willard once said that Jesus's enduring relevance is based on his historically proven ability to speak, to heal, and to empower the individual human condition. Jesus matters because of what he brought and what he still brings to ordinary human beings living ordinary lives and coping in their daily surroundings. He promises wholeness for their lives. In sharing our weakness, he gives us strength and imparts, through his companionship, a life that has the quality of eternity. Hello, this is Morgan Snyder, and welcome back to another Become Good Soil podcast. This is episode two of a Styles of Relating podcast series. The second is drawn from the most recent Become Good Soil intensive retreat, where I taught on styles of relating, and then I went into how Jesus models that using the passage of Matthew chapter 21 in the message. And then I called up John Dale and Alex Burton to the stage for a really honest and vulnerable interaction where the three of us got to talk about what is our primary style of relating. What is it like to interact with each other when we're operating in our primary style in the service of the false self? And what does it look like to offer love and to operate in love in our primary style of relating? I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. What Jesus models is just absolutely stunning because he operates in all three and he does it fluidly. Like Mark was saying, the false self is a reaction. And so we always are going to act the same way, react the same way. And it's the same reaction in the same style. Whereas Jesus flows from move against to move towards to move away. And you never know which spirit he's going to walk in. You think of this, like how often too, when you're, let's say you're a move against and you're just pissed off and something happened at work and you just need the day to be over. And then tomorrow's a new day, right? And then you get recentered, you start again. Jesus's fluidity happens moment by moment, not day by day. His only reset is that moment to connect with the Father. That's what's available. The reason why I'm trying to point this out is I want you to know this is all available. As we mature as sons and are connected with the Father, we will have the ability to move forcefully in the kingdom in ways that are not our predominant style. When you're a move against, you'll develop a compassion for people to move toward. When you're a move toward, you'll develop the freedom to walk away from someone with a huge need because it's not your battle to fight. That's what's available. Um, Matthew 21 is this passage that I found that I I think is just this brilliant um, illustration of it, and it's in your packets, but it's a great one to reflect on just briefly to show you this as an illustration. So it's Palm Sunday, right? Jesus is parading into Jerusalem, and they're going to make him king. So just picture this, like make it accessible. The scriptures are meant to be accessible. Ordinary words, ordinary people living ordinary lives, tapping into the extraordinary kingdom. So he's going to be the king. It's the coronation. Think of the president, right? He's being coronated. Some are worshiping him, laying down palms, celebrating. The kids are going crazy. Some people are unnerved, it says, but there's excitement. We finally have a king that's going to fix this shitstorm of our community, okay? That's the feeling. There's anticipation. He's the hero, What would you do if you're Jesus? You're on the donkey, right? You're the man, it's your hour, you're the politician. So he walks in, that was the introduction to his turning the tables in the temple. 
the first thing he does is he comes into the temple, he goes straight in, he threw out everyone who set up shop buying and selling. He kicked over tables of loan sharks and stalls of dove merchants. And he began to quote this text, that my house is designated as a house of prayer. You've made it a hangout for thieves. Bad idea. Isn't that a bad idea? Like in your moment of being heroic, that your response, not a reaction. See, his reaction is, oh, I need to deal with the temple thing. It's been happening every day. It's not new, right? Reaction is, hey, when I get a chance and people aren't looking at me, I'm going to clean this place. No. The father says, this is not okay. You've got to love. He goes in, and, and that's actually, just think of what it felt like were he to operate in the false self in that moment. Think of what it felt like if that was you. And then, here's what's crazy. In that moment, here's the next sentence. No, I, I've never heard this taught on before, but I was blown away when I heard it. Now there was room for the blind and crippled to get in. And then they came and Jesus healed them. See, I never knew he was making room because he cared about the broken. And he said, this is crap. You're out of here. This is the house of God. And I'm bringing healing and restoration. You've made it a hangout for thieves. This is for those people over there that no one gives a shit about. I do. You center stage right here. And you, you imagine the energy he felt in this move against? It's like throw money and kick people out. That's aggression. And then in the next moment, it's serenity. He's calm. Son, son, come here. You can't walk. I'll carry you. He goes and takes them and he heals them. The movement, the fluidity, that only comes from the kingdom of heaven. You can't, you can't make that up. You can't have a habitual response. You can't master that. That comes from union. And so then he heals people. And it's really cool because the children are freaking out. See, the children know, right? They know the deal. They don't have the false self and they, they can smell an imposter when there's an imposter. And so the children are like, yeah, this is fantastic. Right on. They're celebrating. And then the, the Pharisees are pissed and they go, what is this? What's he doing? And now it's just a ruckus. Everyone's in uproar. The kids are celebrating. The lame are healed. The people are getting ripped off are celebrating. The Pharisees are pissed. Like it's chaos. And Jesus, it says he was fed up and he turned on his heels and he left them. And he left the city for Bethany where it was true his closest friends lived, where he spent the night. It's like he didn't clean up the mess. He created a bigger mess and he vanished. He had the freedom. He didn't say, okay, now let me, now I have everyone's attention, guys, right? And give like the Sermon on the Mount. He disappeared. The freedom to disappear. He said, they're not my responsibility. My father's going to take care of it. He disappears. And then the crazy part is the next sentence. Early in the morning, Jesus was returning to the city because he was hungry. Like, he wanted some food. He was going back to see. He went right back in the lion's den. Not necessarily to pick another fight, just because that's what the Father said to do. What I want you guys to see is his, his freedom to be himself in union with the Father and not be um, coaxed into this false way of relating to self-protect or to live a self-determined, self-reliant life. He lived in union with the Father and had the ability to flow naturally, moving towards people, moving away from people, moving against people, all in love. Do you guys mind coming up, Alex, John? So I want to give an example of this real briefly. Like the rubber meets the road. 
John, Alex, and I have very different styles of relating. And so, um, Alex, John, um, what do you... Have a seat. I'll sit down too. Please. See? Move again. So I'm in charge. This is what we're going to... Do you see that, right? Thank you. What do you do? What's your default, John? To, in relationally with people to avoid shame. So I think a good example of this is just in my marriage with Amy. Um, you guys know how it is, right? When you come home and you can just tell something's not quite right with your wife. Um, right? For me, like, when, you, when, I, when I walk home and I can tell something's not right, I know that what I should do is engage. What I do 99% of the time is completely avoid the subject, right? So much so that I go through the motions of the evening, you know, even you go to bed and it's like roll over away, like, Lord, like, don't let her start a conversation now. Um, and and the, the amazing thing is, Right, like what I would actually do, like my true self, what she needs is for me to move towards her and engage. Right? And so I just I, I see that. Like I what what I'm afraid of is that she's gonna present something that I just don't know how to deal with. I don't know what to offer, I don't know what to have. So 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 in shame, rather than engaging with her, I'll just disengage. And the funny thing is, like with Amy, I'll do it in a way that is clear, like I just go into my own world. With somebody, with my friends, though, I can appear engaged. I can appear like I'm paying attention, Mm -hmm. but the truth is I'm checked out, right? And I I think a lot of us, like, a lot of us name an addiction to technology what is actually a move away, Mm -hmm. right? So with me, with my kids, right, if I'm not, if, if I don't intentionally put my phone down, put it away when I get home, right? I will default to grabbing my phone and like checking whatever, email, Facebook, the things I can handle because they don't actually respond in real time at the expense of engaging with my family. Or, or even things, would you say, that actually could look heroic, like this project at work yep. and I just need to clean up one thing, yep. right? Or, yeah, so or, we move away from the thing we can't manage to the thing that we feel like we can't. That's okay. That's so huge. Say that again. Yeah, we move away from the thing that we can't manage, that we can't handle, which is usually the thing right in front of us, to the thing that we think we can, and we name it, oh, I'm, there's something important I have to deal with. And we may even sub, like, like, we may even mean it when we say it, but the truth is what we're doing is disengaging from the thing right in front of us. It's so good. So, John, now it, give an example of a time where... The false self yeah. would, would normally, habitually yeah. cause you to disengage. Yeah. But instead, in the spirit, you go, you know what? I'm moving in a, in, I'm operating out of the true self, and yeah. so I'm going to either move toward or move against. So, I mean, let, let's use a, a recent example with Amy, since she's not here and we'll never hear this. <laughs> um, so, last week... Um, there was I, one of those things, came home. I could just tell, like, she was bummed and something was going on. And at first, like, my natural 
reaction to that, like I said, is to be like, okay, maybe if I avoid this, it'll go away. Um, but I found myself there in the kitchen. I'm, I'm chopping up stuff for dinner, and I'm like, come, what's, what's going on? Like, what, you, you don't seem like you're doing well. And she actually, like, oh, no, I'm fine. Nothing's up. And so normally I would take that as my license to be like, yeah, great. <laughs> 19 years of marriage, I just don't know her well. Yeah. You know? Um, but a little bit later, like I went back to it. Like I can tell something's up. And the thing was, in that case, it was something that to her, she thought I would think was trivial, right? Which is indicative of a life of me blowing off the things that she's brought mm-hmm. up. Um, but I went after it and was able to offer and pray with her and... Like the rewards in the marriage department. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Love Sand. rewards. Awesome. Yeah. Alex, what, how do you relate to people? It's a default. It's habitual to avoid shame, to avoid I feel bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think the word that sums it up in a lot of ways is compliance. So... Um, so I'm I'm pretty classic move toward, um, and and so much of it is motivated out of shame that I'm not I'm not loved I'm not accepted mm-hmm. unless I come through for you and unless we're okay, mm-hmm. and so a lot of my default in um, in my work um, and in my friendships is I'll I'll just be compliant I'll do what you want. Mm-hmm so that we'll all know that we're okay. And so I kind of live there. And the interesting thing that I've kind of been discovering on this as I've dug into it more is um, it actually actually makes me resent you guys. Mm. Um, because what, in, what ends up happening is I, I spend all this time being compliant to what you want. Yep. And not moving against when I need to move against, yep. or move away when I need to move away. Yes. And and I still, even even when I'm successful at accomplishing moving toward you and being compliant with you, I still I still don't feel like I'm enough. Yep. And so what ends up happening, or you don't give me the the um, you know the love and validation that I actually am seeking and yes. needing. And so what I end up feeling is resentment toward you yep. because you're act- you're not actually filling what I'm trying to fill in yep. that. And um, so, yeah, that's... So give an example now <clears throat> then. Classic, move toward. Classic, are we okay? Feel mm-hmm. good. I, mm-hmm. I've convinced myself that I feel best when we're good, but now you're articulating, even sometimes when... We are good because you've appeased the relationship. You still feel like crap. It's that exhausting thing, right? Right. Give the opposite example now where in the spirit you have chosen to move against um, or move away in Mm -hmm. love. And Mm -hmm. if you can, use me as an example. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, like... You can say anything you want. (laughs) Say anything you want, buddy. Yeah. Well, and... Truly, it, it's safe with you, buddy. Um, but yeah, I think um, more recent example. Um, 
I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember what the context was, um, but, I, but I came into your office for something. Do you remember what that, or you remember the context, because well, I can't so remember here's the what's context beautiful. right now. As soon as you say that, I'm forgetting the specific context, yes. but I'm remembering exactly the emotions of the moment. Yes. So I'm sitting at my desk, working, I have a couch in my office, Alex pops in. Generally, how we relate, our default, Alex... Oh, I remember the context what was it? now. So um, it was actually for this intensive. Okay. And we, yeah, we've got lots of examples. This is the one that comes to mind. Um, so anyways, we were preparing for this intensive, and this year we did an online application oh, yeah. versus what we've done before in the past. And, and um, you know, classic move against, like, and, and wanting to control how that happens. Morg had a very specific idea of what needed to happen with this online application, and and um, I part of my history was I was an enrollment director at a college program for nine years, and so, <laughs> so no I, idea how that should my, work. Yeah, this, so this I've, is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I could take my pants off. <laughs> yeah, so. I kind of done this thing before and uh, had some experience with it and uh, like actually implemented a, an admissions process for a college program. And, uh, is, this, is this example? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, in, in, the, in the past, that desperate need to be accepted, to know that Morgan likes me and that I'm okay you know, my, my reaction to what was him going, you know, I want it this way. And it's like, you were pretty insistent. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's, it's like down to the little nitty gritty details of how, how it's going to actually pop up on the screen and all this stuff and, and, and how we'll print it out and everything like down to the detail. And, um, and, and so, um, you know, in the past, I think what I would have done is I would have gone, okay, I'll make that happen. And I would have sacrificed. It would have been a worse system, mm-hmm. and it would have put it. Maybe it would have been better for you guys, but it would have been better. It would have been worse for Polly, um, the gal that works for me, and it would have been worse for me, and it would have caused quite a bit of um, extra work and effort that was completely unnecessary. Um, and it and it was based out of some fear of things in the past with totally. you of, you know, it didn't work this way in the past, and so I, I want it to work this way now. And um, and so as I've been learning to disentangle from this move toward and go, you know, the move toward is a gifting from God in my life, but but I have to learn how to live in all three and how to operate in all three when it's appropriate to do. And... Um, and so, yeah, I walk in his office and I go, Morgan, let me remind you that I've done this before and I have this and you've got all this on your plate. You're preparing to give this message this weekend and you really don't need to get into these details and let let me take that mm-hmm. and I will deal with the best way to do this and it may not look like what you think you want but it will be the best thing mm. for the guys applying for me and Polly mm. and you can just trust me mm. in that and and it felt really risky like it it 
you know, I risked Morgan being upset with me and, and going, no, I want it my way. And, um, but it, but it was so worthwhile. And even after I walked out of the room, like, and the, and this is where God's still healing. Like, even when I walked out of the room, it went well. And Morgan was like, oh my gosh, of course, what have I been doing? Um, but I still walked away with that question in my heart mm-hmm. of, I don't know if we're okay now. Um, and and so having to take that back to the Father yes. and go, Father, like, you know, I give that to you. I bless Morgan and I bless our friendship and I'm going to trust you in this and 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 let that continue to slough off of me, that thing of needing that validation. So. And, the, and that choice required God for you, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it was even more heroic of Alex than, than he's presenting because... Here's a sad part of it. I was completely unaware of how much I was micromanaging it. Um, I'm a pretty aware person, but our false self is so deeply rooted. Alex comes in. He says, Morgan, I think we should do the application a certain way. And I'm remembering last year in the spirit, my heart. Here's the key is my heart. So I want to pray for you guys and understand your stories and be able to, to have them in front of me. And so I'm feeling the fear. But... Out of that fear, I have no idea. I have forgotten that he's done this a bunch of times. I've forgotten he's way better at it. And, and I suck at that stuff. And what's so beautiful is what Alex did even more than that. He, he's sitting on the couch. I'm frustrated. I'm feeling this energy. And Alex says, Mork, Mork, can I just say something? Now, this was not about the application anymore. He loved me enough. <laughs> Guys, this is huge. He stepped out of the specific mm-hmm. because we have enough relationship to say more let me tell you your effect on me and guys when he said that because this is what i want i want to become good soil all of a sudden i'm sitting at my desk and i turned towards him and i felt two things i felt the shame of he's right i'm a dick to work with um i'm I'm just being full disclosure and i felt the thing of i am being loved right now Mm. the spirit of god is in the room Mm. This is, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. He loves me. Thank you that I have a mirror that's relationally close enough Mm. and willing to risk. We stopped everything, and we were heart-to-heart, present tense. It was not about the applications. That was the context that God used to flush it. And I walked away just feeling so wealthy Mm. to have a friend that will tell me the truth about my style of relating and how it harms the people I love the most. One thing to add to that too, the really beautiful thing for you guys who are moved toward or in that category is um, often the move toward won't, won't use their voice like that in mm-hmm. someone's life because their fear, the fear of the rejection. Um, but because you're a move toward and because you have the empathy, um, in a lot of ways, people need to hear your your hard words, yeah, because it's delivered with love and empathy. Yes, and and I've seen in my own life where I've been willing to risk it. Um, it it can reach a person who normally wouldn't receive it, oh, and where exactly. it normally wouldn't go well, because they're going, oh my gosh. Um, 
they know your heart and they know their normal experience with with you, which is normally compliant, which is normally service. And so when you move against, they they're aware that whoa, this is unique and this is rare, and I better listen. Mm-hmm. So you have something to say in that. Thanks, buddy. Thank yeah. you for loving me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Go ahead, Lou. So the interesting part that uh, came up to me in this story is that you operating outside of your default yes. actually helped Morgan to also get away from his default. Exactly. And the result was that he felt the love from you and you were more okay than if you actually went with your default. Exactly. You, you rescued him. Go. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I'm getting rescued in the process too. And, and so now when you go back to looking at Jesus' life, you'll see that all the time. It's like the woman of the well. It's he, he most of the time operates in a contrary spirit that ushers in a necessity for God and then God shows up. But we've crafted worlds that work around our predominant style of relating. And it's mostly self-protective. So the whole point of this morning is to just introduce this, this big idea of God is wanting to make us aware of the false man and the true man as expressions, both expressions of the image of God in us. Okay, so it's not the image of God that needs to be repented from, but that feels like it's been causing you a lot of problems. It's not the image of God, it's the expression of it. And so if we can come to an awareness of how the, we are operating in the true self and the false self, then, as, then we can begin to disentangle the two and then the process of dismantling the false, restoring the true and understanding it's young, it's new, it feels different. Alex and I, um, the, that, that was a recent story, but we're growing like, more and more and more, where that's now a regular way of operating. We have each other, there's benefit of the doubt in all three of these relationships. We trust our hearts for each other. We trust that this is the message that we want. And so now, as we've exercised those muscles, we've become the kind of people that can challenge each other in love and know um, that this is the path of life. And the primary way that false self and true self expresses itself is our style of relating. And our style of relating is primarily self-protective and brings harm to those we love the most. And so what we want is for you to come into a deeper awareness of what is your primary style of relating. So you looked at the three of other people. Now we want you to look at yours. And here's the deal. Some of you, boom, you know it. It's easy. No problem. You just need to own it. Other of you, you will misdiagnose. You really, really, really think you're a move toward but you're actually a move against. And so you need the eyes of other people. Part of this is the hard work of asking your spouse, asking your kids, asking the people closest to you, and you need to go do that homework, and you need to consider the styles and see the reaction. The other part is getting the feedback. It doesn't take a lot of data to start experiencing these um, with each other, And so use these as working categories. If the goal is love and the motive is love, 
you can get these exposed and invite God into it. And then we can have this kind of life where we can fluidly move through all three. Because ultimately, guys, we either bring our, and so bringing it into a landing, we either bring our question or our strength. In every interaction and in every part of our masculine life, we are either bringing our question or our strength. Yes, Patrick. Is it common to um, have to see in yourself the negatives of all three? Absolutely. You'll see negatives and positives. You can, because we are meant to be, so here's the, this is kind of the term I use to understand this and kind of big, but it's the, um, the wholehearted integration of the human person. That's what we're after. Jesus was a wholehearted man. He lived and operated fully in the true self. He never once reacted. He always responded out of union with his father. So he operated in all three in heroic love. He models what it looks like. We were meant to be wholehearted. And all of this work in this decade is purposed in wholehearted integration of the human person. And so right now, most of what we should be feeling is the negative. We should see how we move toward, move against, and move away in a way that's, that's harmful to ourselves and others. You have to go there so that you can see it restored and begin walking in the strength of all three redeemed. More, can I put yeah, something in? Yeah, do it. So what, what I found really helpful is the question, what do I do to avoid shame? So, like, I used to think of myself as a move against because yeah, I enjoy debate example. and stuff, right? Like, I, let's get in an argument. That's actually fun for me. But actually, like, that's probably just part of my gifting. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm good at that. I don't do that to avoid shame. But, for example, sitting right here for the last three minutes... I've been debating whether or not to say anything because if I said something, it might sound stupid, right? So my move away is to avoid the shame, safer to just sit here, walk off stage here in a minute and not have said anything than risk throwing this piece in yep. and, and maybe messing up and having mm. the shame. So it's that, what, what do you do to avoid shame? That's a really good uh, indicator uh, yeah. of where the false self comes in. Yeah. You guys get that? It's really good. Yes. Um, you mentioned uh, Jesus um, coming in the opposite um, in relation to the lady at the well. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'd encourage you to unpack it, actually. Um, I could, but here, here's what I'd suggest is go to that story and ask God to show you what is the energy of the, of the moment? What, what would most people do? What would the reaction generally be given those circumstances? Instead, how does he respond? Where does his life come from in the moment? Where is he finding life? And what is the effect, both in him and in her and in others? It would be an excellent place for you to ask God about that. Brad? Using these two categories, the false self and true self, is two different things. And I'm wondering, even our best moments, is it messy? Is it, is it even in this really good moment with, with you two, was there some... False stuff cylinder, or is it always like one or the other? In my experience, they're always at play. They're always at play because it's fluid. You're never safe. You never, you've never arrived, you know? And so, like, what I appreciate about the colonel, my counselor, when he said, I can't guarantee I'll always operate in the true self, and I often don't. But he said, I, I have increasing awareness of which one's operating, and the more awareness you have, the less you'll operate out of the false self, but they're always at risk of being in play at any moment. And that's why 
the pathway into this is by being present, by being present. Tozier says that there's only two places that God ever exists in the present moment in an eternity. He doesn't exist in the past or the future. But that's the seduction, is to be pulled, to be regret, have regret about the past or worry about the future. But God is only available in the present moment. He's always calling us into the present moment. And, and we, we all live in sort of a temporary atheism, Tozer calls it, where we think of God in our past and we project him in the future, but for all um, practical realities, we're orphans in this present moment. We're, we're not present to God. And so think what I've learned in the journey to ever deepening in the true self is how present am I? How am I coming in this moment to be with you, to not be in the future or the past, but even in a simple exercise, the Navy SEALs have this down. Every, every good thing comes from the gospel and people just borrow from it. And most of the time they don't know it. The Navy SEALs have an exercise. It's called combat breathing. It's four seconds in, four seconds out. And now it's one of my most fundamental spiritual disciplines. Just four seconds in, four seconds out. They have learned by trial and error that one of the most powerful ways to survive is to calm their heart rate and come into the present moment. They don't do it because it's fun or it's cool. They do it because it works. Well, it's the kingdom of God. The only way we can thrive is to live in the present moment. So at any given moment, we're at risk of stepping into the false self. And our salvation lies in being present in this moment to what God's doing. There's all kinds of things I want to do this morning and can't get to them. And I'm tempted to feel like, dang. But if I come into the present moment, I just feel like Jesus says, this was my portion. This was my portion. Good enough. He trusts you guys. It is a decade. If I believe that, I can let go of lots of things. Pablo. Quick question. So you guys have talked about how the disentanglement happens. First, awareness. This is my predominant style of relating. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what I'm choosing to say and to speak up. Uh, in the process, have you, can you maybe elaborate as to how you see your predominant style of relating now not operating in, the, in protecting your heart from shame and fear, but operating in love? So, when I'm, so if I have a predominant style of relating, I am using it in protection, for protecting myself. How do I see that now operating in the service of love? Mm-hmm. Do you see your predominant style of relating operating that way now? Like, I'll just give a quick example. Like, one of the benefits of my style of relating is I'm able to walk away from things, right? Like, like more is continually perplexed by this in me, but we can be... <laughs> we can scratch my head. We can sit in a conversation, and someone can present, like, an incredible amount, and I can pray for him, bless him, and release him, and go home and enjoy my family without your shitty life, like, screwing up my evening, right? And that, that is one of the gifts of it. And so, Pablo, here's the deal. I carry it all, right? But when he does that, it invites me to do it. And I go, whoa, you mean that's love? You mean that's yeah. okay? Oh, okay. And, and something in me heals. And, and John has shepherded me in a capacity to let things go and let them be messy and not come through for people. Because I know this man loves heroically and, and so a great question and a great example. 
in light of that, I want to pray and wrap up our time. Um, Jesus, this all is rooted in the foundation of sonship, and we want to live as sons. We want to live from the place, not as orphan or slave, but as sons. And we need our identity restored because it's literally impossible for us to relate in any other way other than our habitual relating without your love, without your validation, without knowing that you, you have our hearts apart from outcomes. And Jesus, I, I, I feel the messiness of it. I, this, is, this, is, this is messy. It, it, it's uprooting. It's excavating because these are so programmed in us. We, we barely see ourselves apart from our false self. Father, I pray in today in the stillness that you would kindly shine your light. It, it is stillness that is the most accessible place to be present for you to shine your light. And so I pray today, Jesus, in the quiet places that you would provide an opportunity for us to, to, to come clean with you, to be honest about the style the workings of the false self and this reaching to avoid shame, to avoid fear, to seek the answer to our need for identity and our search for validation to be found outside of you. Would you expose it? Would you unmask it? We're safe here. We have such an opportunity to come clean and go back to our worlds. A different person and to bring love and strength instead of harm to the people that are closest to us. I pray that you would tuck in each of our hearts the seeds that you had for this session, and then everything else we let go of. We just let it go and know that you'll come back to it. You'll circle back again. You're good. You're purposed. And so just seat this in our hearts. And, and I pray, Jesus, um, as we go in, we're going to do a, a covenant of silence I, I pray, Jesus, that you would take each of us into what you want to ex- expose for our sake in this time for the benefit of our hearts. Wherever you want to lead us, um, sh- show us the way we should go. You're a good father. We are your sons. And you will provide present moment manna. We trust you. We trust you with our stories. Amen. This was first recorded at the most recent Become Good Soil Intensive retreat. And at the retreat, we then send the men out to be with God after the session. We have several questions that we give them as an opportunity to dialogue with God and to go deeper and contend with their predominant styles of relating. We have some of those exercises available to you to do the same. You can find those at becomegoodsoil.com slash styles of relating.